episode 384, looking back at the first half of 2022. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. Strangers and aliens. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that He created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. Yes. We do still exist. And yes, every once in a while, we do want to talk to each other. We just haven't in a long time. But the three of us are here together. It's me. It's Evan. It's Steve. I'm Ben. And we're Strangers and Aliens. Finally. Woohoo! Here to talk about sci-fi, fantasy, faith, and Christianity the boys are back in town back in town <laughs> yeah yeah we're in different towns but we're back in yeah. the but towns we're in, that we're in. Yeah. Yeah. yes yeah. yes these separate time zones and full-time jobs are killing me not You're really in two I'm, different time zones I'm, qu- I'm quite enjoying it but it's killing my our podcasting <laughs> we are in different time zones from him yes because he's in Colorado. Mountain time now. Yep. Who? Evan. Oh, wait, you went, You moved. Yeah. Yes. That's right. I, f- I forgot. That's right. Yeah. That, yeah. Otherwise, I think we would have podcasted more, but it's just hard to get. I'm sure get, we would have uh, gone and seen movies to together. <laughs> yes. It's that, yes. It's that one hour that just sets everything askew. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys, actually, it's two hours. Uh, Is it? Yeah, because it's ten for you guys, and right here it's just after uh, my kids have gone to bed. So sometimes it's cutting it close. Wow. Yeah, I had to drop out of my uh, other Superman podcast because, I mean, that was uh, the other two hosts are in England. So, wow. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's rough. (laughs) Now, was that difficult being in a podcast where it wasn't really focusing on? faith-centered stuff but being a faith-centered type of person no and actually it was really good because i got to talk about faith stuff anyway and the other hosts who are not faithy people at all uh were just really cool about it and uh yeah we had some we had some really good discussions and it was nice uh just to talk about superman with some other people who uh, enjoy that character too. So we we did a couple of evergreen episodes on that podcast. If you want to go check it out, it's it's fun. We did some movie reviews and whatnot. Oh, nice! Steve's holding up a Superman dailies from nineteen thirty nine to nineteen forty book. It's pretty cool. Yeah, right there in reach. See, <laughs> Superman fan. Do you think? Look at that. Well, oh, that is cool. 
People can't see that. No, they can't. They can't. The whole visual portion of this episode will be lost on everyone. Yeah, which is why it's not on YouTube because it'd be really boring, boring yes. visual yeah. of just a black screen mean. and then Steve holding things just, up at random. <laughs> so, hey, we are here then uh, to talk about really just the last half of a year because it has been. I mean been a while and even when we did get some episodes together they were me and john haru and me alone me alone <laughs> me alone we did go see moonfall oh that was with john haru yeah yeah <laughs> um and then uh we have a batman episode that we recorded but i never got around to editing it and there was some really wonky uh, sound issues that were with that. So it was going to take a long time to pull that together. And I honestly just didn't have the time to get to it and then got really busy and just completely forgot about it. So <laughs> which Batman, the Batman. Yes. Oh, the new one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually saw that one. Nice. Not in the theater, not in the theater. Typically this would be something we do at the year's end, but honestly, I mean, there's a lot we could really cover. Yeah. So I've got my trusty letterbox list. If we want to go too. through that. I'm actually <laughs> glancing at it and seeing, oh, here's my uh, uh, movies that I watched while I had COVID in January. Nice. <laughs> Which, yeah. And then here's when I was watching the Batman movies leading up to the Batman. And then Morbius. <laughs> Oh, hey, let's start with your list, though. Let's go with your list and see what you have watched in 2022, Evan. And then we will pipe in about things that we have also seen, because there are some conversations I want to have here with you. Okay. Well, uh, this this list that I've got here, I can do one of two lists. I can do all the new movies I've watched in 2022 that I've never seen before or just the list of movies that came out in 2022 that I saw. Let's stick with that. All of them. Okay. (laughs) Or not. (laughs) Which is, I'll I'll wait in the car. Uh, I mean, I know which one is longer, (laughs) but how much longer is all the movies of 2022? Uh, At least twice as long. All right. Let's let's go with just new releases in 2022. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to start from the bottom or the top? Uh, Are these ranked in date order or in your star? Star, star ranking. Well, if we're going to do that, let's start at the bottom. Let's All right. Top. I mean the bottom. <laughs> so I've got 15 movies here. So that's 15 movies, 2022 released movies that I've seen in 2022. And the very bottom one, number 15, is, of course, and everybody will probably agree with me, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It. I did not enjoy it as much as I thought I was going to. And it was just clunky and chunky and and i gave it four stars yeah i (laughs) i absolutely hated it i i hated it from start to finish except for a little three minute segment in the very middle of the movie when they were going through the different worlds no when when uh those other people that i don't know if we want to talk about because they're spoilery showed up do we want to be careful about the spoilers for any of these um yeah yeah no this yeah, 
whatever. Yeah, there's Especially a really since, cool I mean, part even in the middle. Steve hasn't seen things we haven't seen here, so yeah. I, you can spoil anything for me. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I knew we were going to have a difference of opinion on this one for sure. Because you said something, you said that, uh, and I think I even mentioned this in in my own little episode about this, but you said something like you don't like anything Sam Raimi does ever. I, I like said I can't stand his, I can't, yeah, I can't stand his filmmaking. Um, his His Spider-Man movies are really the only things I can watch from him. Uh, is it tolerate you can tolerate it to watch those or they, I mean like they it? don't I enjoy the movies for what they are but yeah it's it's not my go-to um, and yeah I like I like the amazing Spider-Man movies better I like those better than the MCU Spider-Man movies I like the first one and the second two not so much at all from Sam Raimi yeah. How about the straight story? Have you ever seen that? The straight story? Yeah. It's about an old no. guy who decides to drive his, his riding lawnmower across the country. And it is exactly what it sounds like. It is. Like, it is <laughs> slow. It is. Yeah, it's it's uh, very different than what you would expect him to do. Um. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, well with with Spider-Man 1, 2 and 3, it there's enough there that kind of hides the Sam Raiminess of of the film, but man, they just let him do whatever he wanted to here in this movie and I hated it. Yeah, and I I really enjoyed portions of it. There are some parts where I'm just like, "Eh," but for the most part, I I enjoyed it. I was enthralled with some of the ideas that they were doing, uh, some of the themes that were happening along in the movie. Although, I, I mean, I've already talked about this, so I don't need to do it here. If you are curious, you can just uh, listen to episode 383 and find out what I thought about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So, yeah, I, I did enjoy it, though, and especially some of the thematic stuff that dealt with um, handing things off to the next generation and letting the next generation um, do what they need to do and be able to grow and teaching them and mentoring them. Um, but that also comes from a place of what I, part of what I do at my job. So it, to me, it's sort of like, like if you're watching a baseball game and you know, like the manager is just making bad decisions and they could end up winning the game. But in the end, you're just like, yeah, but I mean, they should have double, they had the double steal on, you know, back in the, the third inning or, you know, what happened to the, the you know, it's like you, you just keep questioning and it's like, okay, yeah, they won the game, but it was grueling, you know, it was like, how come they had that guy come out of the bullpen? How come, you know, it was like they might have won the game, but for all the wrong reasons. But and, winning the you know, game for you would be it's a good movie that you like. Or no, winning the game means it, it like it, it was like quote unquote successful in in the in the world. Okay, all right. You know, like it made a lot of money. I mean, what MCU movie doesn't make a lot of money? So it's it's sort of like you know, okay, wow, they won they won the game, but you know, it just it's so problematic 
and it's like you you can see it as it's coming. You're like, okay, these two people are talking. All you have to do is say this thing, and the person says that thing, and you're like, oh, bad script writing. I think it's disrespectful to several characters, um, and it ruins some other MCU properties for me just because this movie exists. So, yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. Nope. Nope. All right. Well, let's move on. All right. What's next? The Man from Toronto. You guys ever heard of this one? I have heard of it. I have not seen it, though. I've been curious about it. It's interesting. It's a, it's a com it's an action comedy. It's on Netflix. It's got Woody Harrelson and uh what's his name? Kevin Hart. And uh Kevin Hart or or uh Woody Harrelson is a master assassin. And Kevin Hart is a lovable loser and Kevin Hart gets mistaken for being the master assassin and hijinks ensue. Sounds great. Yeah, there was uh, the only the only thing for me was there's a little too much language in it for me. But if you can get past that, it's pretty funny. Really? A Kevin Hart movie had too much language? Yeah. Yeah. But man, Woody Harrelson, for some reason, I keep watching movies with him in it by accident. And he's just great. (laughs) He he's just great. He's a great actor. He's got such range and he's really funny. No, he. He is when he when he left uh not left Cheers, but when he started doing movies after Cheers, um we'd we'd watch it, we'd be like, Oh, hey, he he's actually he can be someone other than just the dumb guy. And <laughs> yeah. And he's he's got a lot of charisma. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Uh All the right. next one is The Lost City with Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock and Brad Pitt. <laughs> I heard that that was supposed to be good. What did you see it, Ben? No, no. So this is number what thirteen on your list? Is that what it is? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I, I have not seen it. I considered briefly uh, walking down to the theater in town here <laughs> to see it because it was there, but I was like, no, I I want to live my life. <laughs> well, it's it's very funny. It's uh, predictable, but it's kind of like. Uh, Galaxy Quest meets Indiana Jones, um, where you know these people are the actors or whatever, or the or the the properties of this adventure franchise, but then they actually go on an actual adventure type thing, but they have to be in it, and so it's it's pretty funny. The Brad Pitt and Daniel Radcliffe were especially funny. Is it based on the nineteen thirty five serial? I don't think City? so. No? Okay. <laughs> I think I'd be I more interested the, in watching that. The trailers made it look like it was Romancing the Stone or something like that, where it's the author of like a character, right? Like she's yeah. she writes books. Yeah, she's the book writer and he's the cover model for her main character. Okay. Yeah, and and but he, he secretly pines for her and she thinks he's just really dumb. And and then through through this adventure, they they learn to to recognize each other as they truly are. All right. And Daniel Radcliffe's there being evil. That's great. Um, (laughs) number twelve was Uncharted. I did see that. 
I did see that. What'd you think? Uh, okay, so I had, I know nothing about the video game that is based on, mm-hmm. other than people were complaining about it being a little bit different than the video game. And there were certain things where the, they would do something and I'd be like, oh, that's the origin story of something from the video game. Like, that's <laughs> that's them referencing the video game just the way that they frame things you know like when he as he's it reminded me of solo in some ways because he's like oh so he's got holsters now and he puts them on and it feels important (laughs) yeah but even if you take that (laughs) stuff out um i i liked it like i enjoyed the movie it was a it was fun uh yeah for adventure don't think too hard about it but yeah do not think too hard about it um, but I, I could not get past Tom Holland as the main character. Uh, I just can't, I can't see him as an adult person. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, it's, re- wow. I can't. Well, he totally <laughs> is too. That's the thing. He, he is an I know, adult he's person. He's like 26 but... or something. I know he's like 25, 26, but like he, he plays a sophomore in high school in Spider-Man and he's just really good at that. And then we go over here and he's mixing drinks and it's like, you're still just, and he's really short, you know? So it's like, you are still a sophomore in high school. Um, and how you know, dare he be short. He's really nothing like the, the character from the, I mean, he's trying to play the character. He's, he does a good job of, of saying the things and doing the things that need to be done. But because it's him doing it, it doesn't come across to me as the character. Yeah. So. See, that's the feeling I got is that like if I was familiar with the games and a fan of the games, I might not like this movie. But going in and just watching it as a new franchise to me, completely new franchise, like Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, sitting down and watching that first Raiders of the Lost Ark, I there's no preconceptions. And so I was able to just go with it because he's the younger brother. You know, he's the yeah, he's yeah. the you know, he. And it, and it works and it fits with what they scripted, but I wasn't sure how it fit with what was the franchise was. Well, they definitely have some great set pieces. Like there's oh, some, yeah. there's some very unique action adventure set pieces you've never seen in another movie before. So that's pretty cool. There was some exciting stuff and, and even getting from point A to point B, generally speaking, there was again, turn, Turn off your thinker just a little bit. You know, you don't want to think too hard about it. But if you want just that pulpy uh, action adventure, you know, National Treasure, Raiders of the Lost Ark, old fashioned serials, you know, it it works, does the job. And I enjoyed it. My daughters enjoyed it. The theater was packed. This was not the small town theater that I can walk to. It's a small town theater that's just 10 miles away. And it was packed. And the theater owner actually had to go down and threaten a group of about 20 kids that he was going to kick them out if they didn't quiet down. Cause they just kept talking and talking and talking. And then he ended up sitting down in the middle of that group and just to wow. prove, I think that he wanted to, you know, he was going to go through on his, on his promise there, but wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I know what you're talking about, Ben, with the the hints towards the video game. Because there's this one part where they come to the beach and they talk to this guy on the beach, and there's this little musical sting, like he's an important guy, but he's not. He's but not I figured out guy. who he was. I yeah. knew at that moment that was someone who was involved in the game, so he must have been the voice actor for the character. Am I yeah, right? You're right. You're right. 
Yeah, but yeah. I went and saw it with my friend John. And he's like, "Who was that guy on the beach?" Because he seemed important. I'm like, "Yeah, it's just it's the voice actor." Yeah. <laughs> the context clues. I was, yeah. I was like, I bet. And I didn't care enough to actually look it up. So I'm glad you're here to tell me that I was correct. So, all right, what's uh, next for you? Seeing red. Pixar's Seeing Red. Okay, I've heard that that was good. Is that the panda one? It is the panda one. I have not watched it yet. So, on one hand, I really like this movie because the animation style and the characters are just so great. On the other hand, my kids are never going to watch this (laughs) until they're at least 16, 17, 18 years old um, because the message in it is just horrible. (laughs) What's the message? Uh, you need to get away from your parents as soon as you can and become your own person and they can just, uh, they could just have to deal with it. Oh yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. And, uh, but it's, it's a great, it's a period piece. It's a very strange period piece. It's 2002, uh, 13 year olds in, uh, Ontario, Canada. And, uh, 2002 exactly. Yes, 2002 exactly. Okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, the like I said, the characters, the animation, it, it's really great. And as a discerning adult who knows right from wrong, I can sit down and enjoy it. But there's no way I'm showing this to an impressionable, <laughs> you know, adolescent person. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, the next, next one is... Death on the Nile. Oh, I this is one that I really, really want to see, and I still haven't gotten around to it. Have you seen it, Steve? No. It, it's good. I uh, I know nothing of Agatha Christie whatsoever. So, it, and I don't intend to learn anything because I want to keep watching these movies and being surprised. Um, <laughs> so it's yeah, nice. Agatha Christie's fantastic. Well, I, I I imagine because yeah. she's like a perennial bestseller but um i'm really enjoying this this modern take on this and uh you know it's just inspector perot and going to the next adventure and you just they put a they put a uh, they get a hat and they stick the names of a-list stars in the hat and then they just draw names to be the different characters and so it's like the first you know <laughs> Orient Express, there's just star-studded cast. And then this one, another star-studded cast. It's it's cool seeing these actors do this stuff, and it's very well done. It's very classic Hollywood. Like That's how it feels to me, is just those old movies where, especially disaster movies like in the 70s, where it's just like, all right, we're going to get whoever we can get. We don't care. And then now let's make a movie because we've got these guys. Yeah. She can do that. Like he can do that. It's a mad, 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 mad world or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or well, Inferno. and it's also like towering it's, Inferno. Yeah. It's also cool and a little depressing to see these places over in the old world, but it's back in whatever it is, the twenties or something. And, you know, they're a lot less or they're a lot more pristine and, and than they are nowadays. Um, so it's just interesting because yeah, it's like 80 I years would... later. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I wish I could wish I could go back there. Um, it's kind of yeah. cool. All right. The next one is the Adam project. 
with Ryan Reynolds. Ah, that's another one that I intended to watch, but just haven't gotten around to. It's got time travel, Ben. I know. I know. <laughs> Not only that, just from what I can pick up from the trailers, it feels like it's got a kind of cool take with the time travel. Yes. And so I'm just yeah. curious about it. I want to see this thing. It feels like the trailer makes it feel like, um, oh, what's the Disney movie? Flight of the Navigator? Um, or something like that, where it's just kind of, it's much more interesting than flight of the navigator. <laughs> well, just that young, <laughs> young kid adventure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it, it, it combines a lot of famous tropes and it's got a, it's got a pretty good story. You know, there's some, uh, there's some flight of the navigator in there. There's some back to the future. There's some, uh, terminator. They got a bunch of stuff and Ryan Reynolds is in it. And he, that man is just effortless, effortlessly funny. He, like whatever he's in, even if like a commercial, he's in that finance commercial now or something. And I'm just cracking up. He's, he's hilarious. <laughs> I, I can't endorse everything he does because some of his jokes are filthy, but when he's not doing filthy jokes, man, it's just so, <laughs> he's so talented, so talented. I want that on my gravestone. <laughs> He's not doing filthy jokes, man. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Uh, truer words. Um, okay, so then the next one I've got is Moonshot. You ever heard of Moonshot? Yes, yes. That's the one about the people going to Mars. Correct. Yeah. Can you just clear one thing up for me as spoiler free as possible. Cause I do think I want to end up seeing this, but okay. do they go to the moon? Uh, Cause I, I can't I remember. Just, I think, I think so. Watching the trailer. I'm just like, why is this called moonshot? But they're going to Mars. Well, Mars does have two moons. Well, I not. think, I think they go to the moon and then they launch from the moon. If I that's think. the case. I could totally accept that. Cause it's the shot coming from the moon. Yeah, toward Mars. I it's it's that. funny though. It's good. It's it's a little nice romantic comedy with some well, not some, but lots of sci-fi elements thrown in there. And that's different than Moonfall. Yes, okay. which is the next one on my list. So Moonshot <laughs> though is more like a young adult kind of thing too, right? Well, they're they're adults. They're like early twenties. Um, oh, okay. I I thought they looked younger when I was from the They trailer. do look younger. Well, they I think they both played teenagers in their previous roles, but yeah, the, these people in this movie are early 20s. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, and, Moonfall. Yes. Sequel no. to Skyfall. <laughs> oh, or Moonraker. Was it a Moonraker? Yeah. <laughs> they rake the moon and then they fall from the moon? I really sure. wish that I had put together the Moonraker with, uh, when we did our episode about Moonfall. Yeah. But instead, I went with Skyfall. Well, then there's Moonshot. You add that to the add that to yeah. the franchise. Well, but Moonraker Moon. and Skyfall are both James Bond movies. Moon Sky. Oh yes, you're right. And so you're Steve right was picking up on that riff, mm. and yeah, that would have been a good riff for me to have been able to continue further than it needed to go in our episode. But let's let's just go back to the actual movie Moonfall. Now, now note that Moonfall is number seven ahead of the Adam Project, Death on the Nile, Seeing Red etc which either shows um how terrible those movies are how good moonfall is 
or just how absurdly much I enjoy this movie despite all odds. Pick your poison. I, I think maybe a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, and a lot of column C, probably. <laughs> yes, I watched this again. I loved it even more the second time. It's going to go on my frequent playlist. I just want to rewatch the last, well, like 20 minutes, maybe. <laughs> I want to rewatch all of the flashback stuff. Yeah, that was when cool. They're explaining things because I feel like I missed out on some. I might have fallen asleep. I don't know. <laughs> but. All right. Um, after Moonfall at number six, we've got Jurassic World Dominion. How many stars did you give that one? Let's see. Oh, goodness. Four stars. Yeah. How many stars did you give Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness? Let's see. One. Oh, okay. All right. So we're not quite opposites, but we're close because I gave <laughs> Jurassic World Dominion two stars. Yeah, I, I just. Uh, it's it's I had, flawed, but it's and, a Jurassic Park movie and I saw it in the theater. <laughs> this and, is one of those that I would have liked to have gone home from the theater with you to talk about it because yeah. I just when I left that movie, I was just like, I spent time going to this movie and I went to the theater where where I could walk to the theater, you know, and, and as I walked back, I was just, well, at least I'm getting a a little bit of exercise because it just, here's the thing though. You were talking about the, the, the action set pieces in our uncharted, the same kind of thing here. The set pieces are astounding there's some really fun stuff that they're doing and some exciting stuff that they're doing. And you've got like chases happening and, and, and there's sci-fi ideas that they're pulling out of the hat and they're just using this and using that and using this and using that. But then just to get from point A to point B to do these things, it's kind of a, like, why would any human being in their right mind even consider this? And, <laughs> you know, if they had just, skipped and not gone from point A to point B. If they'd gone from point A to point E, we wouldn't have a movie, but it actually probably would have gone a lot better. And and many fewer people would have died if they had just done it that way. Like, it's just, I had so much trouble with this movie, but it was really cool to see Sam Neill and, and Ellie. I can't remember who plays her, but to see the, the three people from the first movie, on the screen doing dinosaur stuff. That was cool. <laughs> yeah. And Jeff Goldblum steals the show. He's so good. And um, yeah, I mean, I can, there's lots of flaws in this movie there. There was a much better way we could have handled this. Such a great idea of having like, how much could you do just exploring the modern world with dinosaurs in every corner of it? I mean, you could, yeah. there, there's so much you could do. And we chose not to do that in this movie well, but uh, yeah because they had the opening sequence and an ending sequence they're kind of like kind of narrated kind of a thing and it just makes me feel like there is a better movie right over there yeah that's it's <laughs> happening but they're skipping it so they can go with our character people like we we got to stick with chris pratt and sam neill <laughs> no the good stuff is happening over there. I want to see the movie where the whales are swimming with the dinosaurs. That's the movie I want to see. 
Well, I think we're going to get that in the Camp Cretaceous show. I think they're going to, I think we're going to get that. That'll be nice. Um, yeah, wish we could have had it on the big screen, but I am I am biased towards Jurassic Park movies. I like them against all odds, um, even when they're bad. So, all right then. Yep. Um, okay, so then number five after Jurassic World Dominion is Sonic the Hedgehog two. I also saw Sonic the Hedgehog two, and it was a lot of fun. Yep. Yep. A lot even- more. Go ahead and say, I think I, you're going to say what I was going to say. I was going to say a lot more video gamey yep. than, than the yep. first one. A yep, nice little a... intermission in the middle where we go to a wedding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but even the good thing was, at least that was funny. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if I wasn't laughing, I wouldn't Sonic, be happy. But, yeah. <laughs> um, the, and, the Sonic man, stuff G- in Russia, though, just yes. it was so dumb, but it just cracked me up. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, it's it's great. I I don't think it's quite as tight as the first movie. Like the first movie, I think is a is probably a better movie as far as movies go. But this, yeah, it's, if you just like the characters and you want your video game callbacks and you want a continuation of that first story, this is this is super fun. And Jim Carrey is this. He should just play this role for the rest of his life, and I'd be good. <laughs> Here, my my thing with this movie is similar to what we were saying about Jurassic World. The difference is the goofy stuff that they needed to use to get from point A to point B. This is a Sonic movie, so it's okay. <laughs> like they can be stupid, you know. They and and that adds to the humor of things. Uh, but then when they get from point A to point B, and it it's, uh, uh, I feel like I could have played this level. You know, like I feel they really did make an effort to create action points that felt like it actually came from the video game, not just action things that use the superpowers from the character. Yeah. And yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Well, and I'm just I'm just surprised by how much actual logic is going into the decisions in the story making or the storytelling like they have reasons for why the rings can transport you. And there's references to other planets across the galaxy. And it's not just random video game logic where it's like, these things exist, deal with it. Let's go. They're actually, you know, (laughs) building a coherent story with it. Yeah. And when it's dumb, it's funny because it's funny. Like it's a funny movie. And yeah. Yep. It was, I enjoyed it quite a bit. And Doug did too. My, my son, who Sonic used to be one of his favorite video games and he really enjoyed watching it as well. So, yeah, I told Yumi that she could go see it when she finally got here to Colorado and she was so excited and we made a whole day out of it. It was fun. All right. Number four, the sea beast. I have not seen that beast. Yes. It's on Netflix. It's an animated film about giant sea monsters in a fantasy world and the people who hunt them. And it was really good. The animation was great. The characters were great. Ben, you will love this movie. I imagine. I had not heard of it until actually trying to get on uh letterboxd and, and saw a poster from some list of like, maybe it's 
trending movies or something, but it's like, ooh, Sea Beast, what's that? I don't know. I don't have time for this. Is it a remake of the 1926 silent film? I don't think so, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. But it's it's okay. great. It's it's like a combo of Pirates of the Caribbean and Godzilla and um How to Train Your Dragon. Okay. I'll give and it a look, see. I'll yeah. give that a try. I think I actually like it better than How to Train Your Dragon, which is saying something because those are pretty good movies. Um, all right. We're in the top three now. Yeah. Number and three. You haven't mentioned a couple movies, so. Okay. Uh, number three <laughs> Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. <laughs> that, yeah, that deserves a, oh. a high spot for sure. Okay. Have you seen, Have you this, seen Steve? it, Steve? No. Oh, it is. It's a direct sequel to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, are you serious? Not well, even exaggerating. It is, and it isn't. It is because it actually is, but it isn't because Robert Zemeckis had nothing to do with this. But no, but Disney it, has I, the character, and so they actually Roger the Rabbit is in the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's in the same. It's in the same universe, and Roger Rabbit wow. is in it. Yeah, yeah. It, it if it's not in the same universe, that's only because. Robert Zemeckis finally gets around to making his sequel and is like, I don't want anything to do with that, so I'm just going to ignore it. And it's not my canon, but it totally is. It totally is. And it's so funny. Yes, it is. It is hilarious. It has nothing. Netflix or anything? Disney uh, Disney Plus. Plus. It has nothing to do with the TV show. So don't go into it. I'm saying the world of the TV show does not exist, <laughs> but the TV show does exist. <laughs> like has everything to do with the TV show. Yes. But yeah. Oh, uh, the, the two cast members me. from the TV show that get married. Hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. Thanks for ruining it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure don't worry there's lots more there's lots more fun stuff yeah oh right. and steve when you watch you're just gonna be like oh hey that's hey wait a minute that's hey i know that i <laughs> and yeah the the cameo stuff that's going on in this is amazing it's yeah they wonderful. turned it up to 11 oh absolutely yeah all right i'm absolutely. gonna actually turn it on right now <laughs> nice have fun see you guys later <laughs> Okay. Um, number two is the Batman. Wow, that Robert high? Pattinson. Yes. Um, I did not want to like this movie, but it forced me. It held me down and made me like it because it was so good. What about it did you find really good? Just the cinematography and the acting and the the art direction i mean they they pulled out all the stops it's it's just it's probably the most artful batman film it's probably the best movie featuring batman just as a movie as a as in a technical sense and man it was just it blew me away okay very well made I gave it four and a half stars, and I stand by that. I didn't. I didn't. 
maybe I'm just getting old, but I didn't, uh, I'm trying to remember, like, if I saw any good movies this year, like, <laughs> ones that I would consider, you know, some, like, actual, like, hey, wow, I'd suggest that to someone. Um, but, like, all the superhero movies that I saw were not anything that I would write home about. I saw the Batman. wasn't wasn't a big fan. Um, I I liked some of the things that they did. Um, interesting twist on the Riddler, but you know it's a lot of the times nowadays when you're getting movies and it's just you know it's it's just gritty and gritty and gritty and gritty. And I don't know, maybe I'm just done with gritty superhero movies. Um, maybe that's just me. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I thought the grit in this one has had a purpose. Like, I'm with you, Steve. I, I'm not, I don't like grit for grit's sake. But I think they, they leaned it, into it in a correct way in this one. Because the intention is the character, you know, the character has a choice of leaning into it or leaning out of it. And yeah, in our episode that we talked about it, uh, I'm not going to say it's a really good episode, guys. Too bad you'll never. Yeah. Well, I don't know. (laughs) Never say never, but it won't be any time like in the next week or two for sure. (laughs) Probably not next month or two. It'll be the last episode that will come out in in six months or something. But, um, but they get away with some stuff in this movie that if a Christian filmmaker tried to make a superhero movie with the same visuals it would be like oh well they're just you know it's really on the nose really really just on the nose and they do it here and it's like yeah they can get away with it because they made this great film and you know they yeah i i just appreciated some of the i didn't think they got away with it but i did i did i let them get away with it i gave it to them after that movie i was just like okay they took me here i'm giving it it's the gimme all right all right so there's one movie that has been absent from your list so far and i've been waiting to hear what you had to say about this movie you only have one left on your list correct Yes, and I don't know if this is going to be the movie you think it's going to be. Well, there's two, really, that... Well, actually, three. Three movies on my list that you haven't mentioned yet. So well, okay. Let me Let All me right. see. Here we go. What's your number, number one? Number one. The Bad Guys. Okay, so that's one of the three, which okay, is a four-star film in my book. Like, I really enjoyed that movie. Yes. Totally belongs in a number one spot for sure. Um, except for, the, I would probably put the Batman as number one over this, but um, okay. Yeah. Let's talk about the bad guys. Yeah. I, I think it's over Batman because it's just so much more enjoyable to watch than the Batman. Like you have to be in a mood to watch the Batman, but I think you could be in any sort of <laughs> mood and put the bad guys on and have a good time. Um <sighs> I don't know who else gets this, but there's there has not been a greater tribute to Lupin the Third than this movie. Um, and it's just it's so good. They they brought they brought in so much respect for that genre of Japanese animated filmmaking, and I bet you 
85% of the audience has no idea what they're doing. And just the, from the animation style to the, the, the visual tropes that they're using uh, so good. And then they combine it with, you know, the American Western tradition of having anthropomorphic animals be the main characters inexplicably in a world full of humans. These are the only animal characters. Um, and then they, uh, yeah. And then they bring in those, those great, you know, heist movie tropes and they have a great cast. It's hilarious, but really it's the, the animation and the cinematography that, uh, does it for me. I mean, this, this is a masterpiece of CGI animation filmmaking because they're doing so much with the CGI that you shouldn't be able to do with the CGI. That's just evocative of traditional hand-drawn animation. It's, it's fantastic. I hadn't heard of it. Oh, it's so good. And Aquafina's in it. And any movie with Aquafina just makes me happier. Oh, okay. I, I don't know about that, but the, the I told you itself. I've, I've told you about uh, Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi. If she wasn't in it, I wouldn't have enjoyed it half as much. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's still my number one spot in my MCU list of movies. So nice. it was not Aquafina who put it there, though. <laughs> anyway, what were you going to say about it, Ben? Well, I was going to say, like, it's just a fun, fun heist movie, too. Like, it just does the job. And it's the characters are fun. The characters are funny. The plot twists are there. Some of them you can kind of see coming a million miles away. Some of them you can't. And yeah, it just, it works. I did not realize it was uh, based on a series of books until talking about some of the, talking about with some of the kids at church, but um, yeah, just a fun, clean movie about a bad guy who really doesn't necessarily want to be a bad guy, you know? So let's He's have just playing the cards that here. life dealt him. Yeah. Yeah. So two movies that I notice are absent from, from your list from 2022. And mm-hmm. one doesn't surprise me because it's fairly recent. Uh, and that's Thor Love and Thunder. Correct. I have not seen that yet. I want to. Um, but I have not had a chance to get to the theater. Okay. So I actually originally gave it three stars and placed it pretty much in the center of the 37 MCU movies now. Um, and it's, it's in the middle there, but, uh, I did up my star rating to three and a half stars after talking about it with Stuart and Samantha on welcome to level seven. I actually changed my mind in the midst of that episode because when we were talking about it, just the stuff that I was, that I had enjoyed, it was just coming to the surface and there was a lot more that I had enjoyed that I had kind of forgotten about. And, and there is some interesting statements about, um, love and thunder. And thunder. <laughs> there's, I, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I, there's some cool stuff that they do with Thor's character and with the resolution of the bad guy, Christian Bale's character, uh, that I really appreciated. So I'm just gonna leave it at that though. I have lost all respect for the Thor franchise. And I think that's really going to help me enjoy this movie. Uh, when I go see it. So wait, what do you mean? 
like Thor Ragnarok just it's it totally just messed me up on the Thor character. I'm like, oh, okay, he's not Thor anymore. He's just a joke bag, a walking joke bag. And I yeah. think that's just really going to help me enjoy this movie because I, I think like it will. Although it's still <laughs> it's still a joke bag. Like that was like there's a lot of jokes, a lot of jokes, and it does. Well, yeah, I saw it definitely one is a clip. continuation. I saw one clip and it really made me laugh where uh, Jane Foster's trying to do a catchphrase and Thor's like, how many catchphrases have there been? <laughs> like he knows she's tried out multiple ones. That yeah. just made me laugh. <laughs> the other one that's missing, and this is a little bit older, like this is almost a month old now, and that's Lightyear. Ah, uh, yes. Did you not see it? No, I did not. My daughter was super, super, super excited to go watch it. And then we heard about the political stuff going on with it. And I decided not to take her. And therefore, I have not been to see it. So I'm probably just going to wait until it comes out on Disney+. Plus. My seven-word movie review of Lightyear. Because it starts out with a title card that says, In 1995, Andy watched a movie. And he got a toy from the movie. And it was his favorite movie. This is that movie. But my seven word movie review of Lightyear is there's no way this was Andy's favorite movie. Like, it's just, <laughs> first of all, there's no way this movie was from 1995. Like, that's, it does yeah. not feel a piece of 1995. And if you go look at sci fi movies that came out in 1995, no, no. no. Um, but then they did kind of step back the statement from the title cards. I did see something from, I think it was the director saying that it actually wasn't the movie that was Andy's favorite movie. It was the animated series based on the movie that Andy loved so much. And, and then I'm like, okay, which they're, they kind of give the impression that the light, uh, Buzz Lightyear animated series could have still happened in the Toy Story universe, even though this movie is not canon with that series. So I am, I am very confident that the Buzz Lightyear animated movie is better than this one without even having seen it because Wayne Knight plays the evil emperor Zerg and it is hilarious. Well, I won't, (laughs) I would never call this movie hilarious. There are some jokes. There are some funny things and I will be quite honest with you, Evan, if this was not called Lightyear, if this was, I don't know, Buck Raider or something like that, where it's just like the just a sci-fi movie, uh, and they didn't have anything about 1995, and they didn't have anything about Andy, they didn't have anything about Buzz Lightyear. It would be a completely different experience, and it actually would be a very interesting animated sci-fi movie, um, because it is an animated sci-fi movie. They play with sci-fi concepts, and they play with. I'm not going to get too much into it, but there are some really interesting high concept ideas that they're they're messing around with in this some of them when it happens you'll be like oh i didn't see that coming but uh a little cliche you know and that kind of thing but <laughs> but they yeah i i saw someone uh they called it uh kids animated interstellar <laughs> and in oh, some okay. ways it is where they're playing with ideas of Relativity uh, and whatnot. And time and, and yeah. things like that. Like, is, there's some interesting stuff going on. So, um, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I'd i be very interested to see, because this, this was Pixar. 
So that Disney's next animated film that they're doing is a sci-fi film. So I'm in, I'm interested to see how they're gonna do with that. That looks very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't know anything about the plot really from the trailer, but it definitely looks like they've they've created a whole world and ecology. It's it, that looks like Avatar for kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like let's build the world and then we'll throw characters into this world and yeah. yeah. All right, so, that's movies. All right. Okay. Did you guys watch any good shows? Strange New Worlds. Ah, Star Trek. Yeah. I've heard good things about it. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Yeah, so Captain Pike is back, and he was in, he was in the original pilot of the original series, and then they did the two-part episode where they took that original pilot and turned it into flashbacks uh, and turned it you know, into a whole thing where this is the captain who was captain before Kirk. And then in Star Trek Discovery, they brought him in to be on the Discovery and to, because you know, that's a prequel series that takes place before Kirk has the Enterprise. And this is Captain Pike on the Enterprise with number one, who was originally played by Majel Barrett, and she's played by Rebecca Romain now. Uh, Spock is on there. Um, Uhura is the standout character. The the person yeah, she's they great. brought in. Yeah, she feels like she's playing the young version of Nichelle Nichols. Like it just she's bringing her own like energy to things, but it just feels like that's the same character. Spock is close. Spock is close. Pike feels like I mean, you only had him in one episode of the original series. And so there's a lot more you can do with him. I love him. I love Anson Mount. He's just amazing in this show. And it, it's been so much fun. The final, the finale of the season is just a lot of fun with a lot of references. If you are a fan of the original series, you're going to love it or hate it, (laughs) but, but they made it for you. You know, they, they made it for you. I, uh, I have not seen the finale yet. I think I've watched six episodes or so. Uh, this is my favorite version of Spock. Like I like him better than Leonard Nimoy. I know blasphemy, but I do. Yeah, he, he he's he's doing pretty good. The other recastings, I'm not a big fan of, but him and Uhura are wonderful, just wonderful. And the engineer, who is uh, he's not Andorian. If there, he's like an offshoot of Andorian, maybe maybe he's Andorian, but he's he's this blind engineer, and he's the standout new character for me. Like he just brings so much to the character, so much presence. And they actually cast a blind actor and he's, Oh really? He's blind. Yeah. The character is blind and the actor is blind as well. Wow. And yeah. Do you like him because he's really grumpy all the time? (laughs) There's that. He's a pacifist as well. And so like he won't do anything to harm someone else, but he will do things to help people harm other people if it's helping them protect other people. Like he's and, and they get into some things with that, you know, where they're actually like, you know, diving into just what is motivating him about this. And yeah. So strange new worlds, I've been enjoying it and it's just been, uh, it's been fun. Star Trek. And I've been looking forward to uh, Thursday, which is my day off so I can wake up and, and just eat breakfast and watch Star Trek. 
All right, Ben, here's what I want to know. What did you think of Halo? Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I, again, did not play the video game except for like two times 20 years ago. Played the original Halo on the original Xbox or whatever mm-hmm. um, at a friend's house. But uh, I really liked it. I really liked it. Again, sci-fi concepts are there. It's exciting. I hear people complaining that it's not like the... the 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 game that they're they're going off in some directions that, that aren't don't have anything to do with the game. It reminds me of what a a Dune series could be like, because you have like these different cultures and you have all these different like uh, things that humanity is doing around the the galaxy. And mm-hmm. uh, watched it with my oldest son, and so I didn't get to watch it as much as I would like to because I was like doing this on his schedule as well. So we're, we were working through it as we were both able to watch it together, but yeah, I just really enjoyed it. It just, uh, surprised me. Let me put it that way. We Mm. watched the first episode on a lark and was like, Oh, let's watch the next one. Now (laughs) that was really good. I'm a huge halo fan. Uh, I love the story and the lore and the characters. And I love this. It was so good. Um, there definitely are a couple of plot points where they are they're taking a left turn from the canon of the games, but I kind of like it, and it kind of makes a little more sense. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll go ahead and say what it is in the um, you know they both have their merits. I like it's a nice idea the in the original or so in this show. Uh, the Master Chief is uh, descended from these other this other race of people who created these ancient things, and that and so he's able to use them, and they're going to lead him to the Halo eventually. But in the uh, video game, it's they're they're fleeing this this massacre that the humans have lost in, and they have to make a blind jump, and they do it, and when they get to the other side, they've randomly found the halo that nobody knew was there. Um, And so that's kind of cool. I kind of like that where it's a complete fluke that they found this thing. Um, But it's cool what they're doing here too. And I, I'm just so happy that they've nailed Cortana. Like they've absolutely nailed her. They got the original voice actress to do her. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Dr. Halsey, you just hate her so much. It's perfect. And then uh, the Master Chief, um, it's weird that he spent most of the the, the series without a helmet on. Uh, that took a little getting used to. But anytime he's in the suit, it's just absolutely perfect. So, yeah, I, I love that. I cannot wait for season two. What I found interesting is he's, his character did feel like the Mandalorian a little bit. Hmm, yeah. And I was, I couldn't figure out the timeline of, cause they'd, st- they've been working on this for ages trying to get it out. And it was going to be a part of like the Xbox live channel or something like that for a while, mm-hmm. I think, or something. But, um, yeah, so th- they've been talking about this for years and years and years and years and years. And then they finally start making it. And I'm not sure how COVID affected things, but they, <laughs> I'd be like, uh, did they see Mandalorian before they started making this? Cause he feels like the Mandalorian, but well, that's just, I think the Mandalorian copied halo. I mean, 
because this was back in year 2000 they're making the halo games and it's i mean spot on what they're doing with every, every time he took his helmet off i'm like put it back on put it back on <laughs> no it's just because like in the games he's just he's the ultimate hero but he's faceless you know so it's it's kind of part because he's mystique. you yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Not, not even because he has dialogue and he's his own character. Um, but it's but just it's, it's part of the mystique. It is kind of like a Boba Fett sort of effect. Yeah. So speaking of Boba Fett, Halo, I was a little disappointed because there weren't too many Halos. And when they finally got to Halo, I was like, ah, they're the ring world that I've been promised. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Book of Boba Fett. There were no books in Book of Boba Fett. There was barely even Boba Fett. This... It wasn't really <laughs> Boba Fett. It was like this like polished up, shiny version of Boba Fett, which I didn't recognize. Who walked really slowly <laughs> everywhere and just oh, held man, a gun most of the time. Everything was so slow with that thing. <laughs> oh, and yeah. he's riding that like the slowest animal in the world. And it's just plodding back and forth and back. Well, and I loved it like halfway through. They're like, you know what? Let's go look at the Mandalorian. <laughs> We're not even going to show <laughs> Boba Fett for two episodes. <laughs> That's where I really feel like, and I don't know why they didn't do this. It could have made a lot more sense if they just called it the Mandalorian book of Boba Fett. Yeah. yeah. Like, and then it doesn't even have to be, you know, okay. I, I don't know. Six episodes, maybe, maybe seven. I don't remember now, but two episodes are just about the Mandalorian. That's fine. The rest of them are about Boba Fett. That's fine. But the Mandalorian is the series. The book of Boba Fett is the subtitle of this Boba Fett centric season. That's bringing the two characters together. Done. Like, yeah, it made no sense to me. There's no books. There's nobody. Like I was, I was waiting for the Chronicler to be there, you know, and thus, this is from the book of the wills, you know, or whatever it might be. Yeah. But I was waiting for that there to be some sort of something. Why did they even call it that? I don't understand. They should have called it the Mandalorian book of Boba Fett with Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, they didn't need to do that because the Luke Skywalker had already been in, in the Mandalorian, you know, and, and yeah, but he was in like a full and, episode talking, walking around doing stuff. That was crazy. I liked it a lot better than the, the one where he shows up in the man. Well, obviously it's a lot cooler in the Mandalorian, but seeing his face, it's like the real characters there. You show that yeah. to a kid, they are going to have no idea that Mark Hamill's 80 years old. 70. No, he's not 80. I don't know how old he is. <laughs> Harrison Ford's 80. He's, 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 he's in his sixties. Yeah. And, uh, um, uh, Mark Hamill. Because he was twenty when I was about ten, so okay. No. <laughs> I I kind of enjoyed it. It wasn't as astounding as as I was expecting a, a Boba Fett show to be. I didn't mind the slowness because, again, I I kind of appreciated what they were trying to do with some of those shows, those episodes, like the one episode called "The Streets of Moss Espa or whatever it was, and it's just like. Oh, they are doing a Star Wars version of Streets of San Francisco. Like they're just doing a 70s cop show. And when we have the car chase at a 70s cop show, they're not going fast, you know, but they're breaking fruit stands. They're knocking over people, carry pictures across the street, you know, like they and, and people are complaining about it. And I'm just like, yeah, I get why you're complaining about it. 
But because I'm me, I'm really enjoying this. Because <laughs> I think I think I see what there is. It's you with Lupin the Third, uh, yeah. Evan. Like yeah. I'm just like I I'm I'm loving this. This is seventies cop show all the way uh, on a Vespa, <laughs> 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 or on on three or four colored Vespas. That yeah yeah okay all right. <laughs> Let's talk about Obi Wan Kenobi. Did you guys watch that? I did. Mm. Did you watch it, Steve? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Not, it was just, it's another one of those things where I was, I was like, you know, everyone is, is liking this, but I'm like, I don't like this. <laughs> you know, it was like, I'm trying to, you know what the thing was with me, with, with Obi-Wan Kenobi is that there was no actual, like these characters are immortal. Leia's not going to die. Obi-Wan is not going to die. There's nothing that's going to happen to them. And it just keeps ratcheting up that, oh no, what's going to happen? Oh no, they're in jeopardy. And the entire time you're like, they're not in jeopardy. There's nothing that can happen to these characters. <laughs> what they should have done, and I was thinking about this, is like what they could have done, and it would it would have made 100% sense and it would ratchet up 100% the whole thing. Give Leia a sister. Okay, we have no idea what happens to Leia's sister. So everything is out mm. there. And we don't, I mean, is, is she going to survive to the end of the series? We don't know. She doesn't appear in any of the other movies, so where can she be? And then give her something that happens that's so cool at the end that it pays off that jeopardy that you felt the entire time. And now, you know, maybe she dies a heroic death or maybe she is, you know, uh, secreted away and it's going to be, you know, part of season two or whatever it's going to be. It, it's It's like... I can't, it's like these characters are immortal, you know, it's, there's nothing, there's no jeopardy. So there's a couple there's different drama. That, yeah, there, there was drama. There was no drama. There was no drama. There was nothing to, to dramatize. There was, it was, no, it was just no. waiting until the end of the thing to see how their characters was not going to change. <laughs> here's, here's my fix. My okay. fix is, uh, take Luke and Leia out of the equation like you can reference them, you can even show them because that that's important. But have another kid show up in Kenobi's life who is force sensitive, and he there is your drama, there is your yeah. your ratcheted tension where you yeah. you've got this character that again you don't know who it is, you don't know who it could be, and does it does this kid survive to be a Jedi or does this yeah. kid survive to just live life on a on another planet or something? But have that character, and he gets involved with the with the uh, uh, what what do they call Riva and her people, the Inquisitors, the Inquisitors, you know. And so he's he's, I don't know, something like that. I don't know, but I'll say basically as I'm watching each episode, each episode I'm I'm really enjoying myself about half of the time, and the other half of the time I'm just kind of saying, yeah, why why are we here? Why are we doing this? Yeah. Is it a tale that needs to be told? You know, it's like I really, the... I really enjoyed the the character moments that fill in plot holes, and I really enjoyed the character moments, uh, especially between Obi Wan and Darth Vader. I thought that was fantastic. And I think Evan, the character moments are the half that I liked. Yeah, and and like, so they opened the series. 
And it's just, what's Obi-Wan up to right now? And it's just showing his life, his mundane life as he's living life on Tatooine, watching Luke. And I'm, I'm eating that up. That is fascinating. Just seeing him, you know, go to work, come home, have the setup with the, with the droid and, Mm -hmm. and all these different things. And I'm just like, this is, this is great. It's character stuff. It's interesting. It fills in some gaps and some holes that we didn't know. Did we need to know it? No. I mean, we have the movies. It's fine. They, they, the movies were fine without it, but it really enhanced it. And and then you have like the, the plot starts in. It's just like, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's plot. <laughs> I did like the Darth Vader Obi-Wan stuff, though. I, I liked everything. Both battles were great. I thought the little girl they got to play Princess Leia was awesome. I love seeing Alderaan. I love seeing her dad and mom. And I liked her meeting Obi-Wan beforehand. Um, which that was all great she's... until you got the plot stuff. Like when the bad guys are chasing her. And yes. It's like, but, yeah. oh, the setup with with Leia, where you first see this child being you know dressed by servants and everything. And then... Oh, it's not her. Yeah. She's out playing. You know, like it's a decoy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was. Oh, fun. and what what about that scene on the pickup truck? I love that. Where they're sitting in the pickup truck and the stormtroopers hitch a ride. Yeah. Yeah. That was and good the driver. Stuff. And all, yeah. There's some really interesting stuff that's expanding the empire and expanding like how people are responding to the empire. And. Did it need to be made? Absolutely not. You could have never made this. But Ian McGregor, he's doing it. So why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. And I love that they brought back Hayden Christensen. He did a great job. So my understanding is this was a, was going to be a movie. That this story arc for these 10 episodes or whatever it was, were six episodes maybe, we're going to be just the first movie. And they took the outline of the script from the first movie and expanded it into this. Hmm. And that's where, once I saw that interview, I was just like, okay, this makes sense. Yeah. This is, this makes sense. There's a lot of stuff that feels like filler, Um, but they were going to do a trilogy of Obi-Wan Kenobi movies. And, and this would have been the first part of that. And then they did write. Go ahead. I was going to say somebody did uh, edit together a two and a half hour cut of this. So you can watch it as a movie. (laughs) (laughs) What about Marvel stuff on Disney plus? Was there anything from Marvel? Ms. Marvel right now. Um, What was the other thing? Moon Knight. Uh, Moon Knight. Moon Knight. What'd you guys think about Moon Knight? Didn't Didn't finish it. it. Really? Nope. Because you didn't like it? Yep. Okay. The character just doesn't hold any, like, weight for me. So I was just like, Moon, uh, uh, what else is on? Yeah. I I, I just never got to the point where I wanted to see it. I've never been a fan of his character. I did like some of the shots they did with, you know, him jumping and his cape makes the moon shape. That was kind of neat. And I do like the concept of it's two people or three people occupying a body that they keep switching. That's neat. But it's, yeah, it doesn't interest me. Um, but not as much as Miss Marvel disinterests me. 
I really that show has just put me to sleep. I oh my goodness, are you serious? I, yeah, I am not invested huh. at all. I do not care. Um, I don't think the actress. I mean, she's doing a she's a good actress, but it's not similar to the character in the comic books. Um, I don't like how they've changed her powers. Uh, yeah, and just it's it's not holding my attention. Like ha- wow. halfway through every episode, I'm on my phone, and then eventually I turn it off halfway <laughs> through so I can go back the next day and try to finish the other half because that's how long it can hold my attention. So I haven't had a chance to watch the last two episodes of the show. I know that it's um, it's it's done now as far as the season goes, but I haven't had a chance to watch the those two episodes. But what I did watch, I really enjoyed. I felt like this is it's got that Spider Man vibe. It's got, um, you know, just the young character discovering her powers, discovering things about herself and her family. Um, yeah, I I've really enjoyed it. I I think I missed the first episode or two, and then my wife and my son, thirteen year old, is watching it, and I sat down. I was just like, "Wait a minute, what's going on? Wait a minute, who's that?" Wait, and she's like, "You know what? Why don't you watch it on your own?" <laughs> I just haven't got it back to, to to do it. So these have got to be the most boring villains in all of the MCU. I I just do not care whatsoever. The um, the villains are not important. Like that's that's the thing yeah. is that they are they are. Now I haven't watched the last two episodes, so I don't know. But they don't even show the villains in the first episode. Like you, ha- that's what I found interesting is the first episode of Ms. Marvel. And there is no concept of what are the stakes that we're looking at here. The penultimate episode was uh, the most interesting one I've seen so far. I haven't watched the finale yet, but the penultimate episode was more interesting. Miss um, Marvel was not in most of it. I don't know what that says about it, <laughs> but it was, uh, it, yeah. So I, I don't know. I just not, not a fan of that show. All right. All right. Well, we need to wrap this up pretty soon here, but before we do any, anything else you want to talk about real quick? Did anyone see uh stranger things? Oh yeah. I, that was I saw the big. first half of season four on VidAngel. Uh, I did not see the second half yet. Okay. What'd you think of the first half? Uh, well, my first thought is if what I saw on VidAngel was horribly graphic. I can't imagine what the actual uncut version is like. <laughs> you know, that um, was one of the things. It, it came out so close to, you know, the the recent school shooting that it was really sort of jarring trying to trying to watch it. And, you know, I think I was watching it on a small screen, so I was just sort of able to, like, turn away and just sort of look at it out of the corner of my eye because everything was just so fresh in the news and everything. Um, it was really difficult. Um, and then, you know, the, they, they did some fun stuff with some of the characters and, you know, some of the, the things and everything. But I think one of my problems with it, and this is just sort of picky, is that Vecna as a D&D character has been something that's, that, that has sort of like, I don't do a ton of D&D stuff. But the character and the character's magical abilities and stuff like that were so interesting to me that it always stuck with me. 
and I actually had a a um, this goes sort of crazy, but a superhero team based off of a D and D group, and they used Vecna as, as an an element to it. Um, I won't get into it, but so but it's it's something that I always knew in the back of my head, and the character that they use they call Vecna, but he he he's just so not Vecna. Yeah. That well, that's what they do. They name yeah. they name every character they name every villain after a D&D character. Right, but when you name something so specifically after a character that I don't want to I don't want to um do any spoilers, but has certain very specific powers and then you use a song that actually references the type of power that he could use and you don't use them. You're <laughs> doing something completely different. It's, it's so, it was, it was, it was like mentally jarring that they could miss so much. <laughs> and they actually missed something with the, the second part, which I don't want to ruin for you. That, that was an, another thing that was like, like jarring that they missed it so much and everyone else is loving it. And I'm like, can I be the only person that it just, I mean, I, it's maybe it's me. <laughs> I, I do like that. The villain this time has a brain like the, I mean, right. the mind, the mind flayer has a brain, but we don't hear from him. You know, like right. it, he's the, you know, the, the big bad, but, and then the, right. of course the Demogorgons are just mindless beasts, but I like that this yeah. guy has a brain and we could kind of get into his head. Um, pardon the pun. And, uh, <laughs> I do like the character. I mean, these characters are just great. The kid characters, the teenage characters, the adult characters. I'm loving the adult characters in this one. Um, very funny in the, uh, with, with, uh, what's her name? the the mom and and her weird conspiracy theory friend reporter oh, yeah. guy yeah very funny stuff and uh yeah just uh and it's interesting the different types of of tropes that they're taking from 80s movies and horror movies but like so it's like you know it's a horror show it's pretty it's a pretty uh, deep in there but then you have that episode where they go to Dustin's girlfriend's house and then it's zany kid hijinks eighties movie where they're trying to get right. the dad out of the office so they can use the computer. <laughs> it's like they're just weird references. Yeah, it's just yeah, very interesting show. It felt like a, a better Stephen King movie than most Stephen King movies. Like I felt like they were doing a better <laughs> adaptation of Stephen King than most movies do that are actually adapting him. So, all right, well. I do need to close things down. So gentlemen, do you have any final words on 2022 so far or anything we've talked about really? Yeah. My th- final words come from the, the opening um, panels of panel of, of amazing fantasy number 15. When uh, Stanley wrote the immortal words, Peter Parker, he's midtown highs only professional wallflower. <laughs> and my final words come from 
the depths of my heart. And they are, I sure do miss you guys. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 this is, this is really great being back with you guys. So yeah. I just, yeah. And, and my final words are, at least now we, I think, I feel like we're coming out of a season where we can actually do more together. So yeah. yeah. So we will see what we could do, but it was fun. Thanks for spending time with you guys and everyone who's listening. Thanks you for spending time with us. And until next time, God be with you. Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Lethel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com, where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien, or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is one 804 And once again, thanks for listening. I want that on my gravestone when he's not doing filthy jokes, man.